You don't get it, son. This isn't a mud hole. It's an operating table. And I'm the surgeon. in broad daylight. I know why you're afraid to go out at night. The Batman. See, Batman has shown Gotham the true colors. to another episode of the Eternal Night Podcast, where we like to talk and discuss and enjoy everything related to Batman, Dark Knight Detective, DC Comics, and everything related to him. I am one of your hosts, my name is Philip Barker, and I am also joined by my regular co-host, the one and only Craig Blaylock. Craig, how you doing, buddy? Doing well, my good sir. Doing well. We are six days away from the Batman. I can't believe it. We're almost there. I know, right? I know. (laughs) Are you doing anything to just kind of mitigate any potential spoilers oh i'm just staying away i i i mean i check my facebook and my instagram but i've done 
I think I've done a well enough point, especially like on my Instagram. I don't follow a lot of like celebrities or anything like that. Mm -hmm. So I'm really limiting my exposure to the, you know, potential spoilers. Um, yeah, I'm trying to just, I'm trying to lock myself off from everything. <laughs> I don't want anything spoiled. Yeah. With everyone making the rounds, like, you know, people are asking Matt Reeves, they're asking, or, you know, Matt Reeves being asked by news outlets and, you know, interviewers and same with Pattinson and Zoe Kravitz and Paul Dono. And I'm sure Colin Farrell's probably got given an interview or two, but there, there, there is a large and abundance amount of just things coming out about this movie. Now we are six days away uh, for anyone listening. But if you guys know, Craig and I are going to see this movie on March 1st uh -huh. and oh, I just can't wait to see this movie. I can't, but in, in wake of that, I have, stepped away from Twitter. I have taken it off my phone and I will occasionally log in on the desktop, but even then it pulls it up to my messages automatically so I don't even see my timeline. Oh good. Cause I I just don't I don't I don't want to deal with it. I got spoiled on the Peacemaker finale, which I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> not, not, not even so much because I didn't like it, but just because there's just so much discourse around it that I just don't care to give it the attention. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because obviously, like, I've made, I think I've made my opinion known on the show and other places. It, you know, it wasn't really my bag, but if you like it, cool. But mm -hmm. even still, like, there's just a ton of discourse surrounding it because one, two characters weren't in it, and I get it. But, like, there's just a, an abundance of people who are, it, it, because of that, I don't want to be spoiled about the Batman and uh -huh. even thinking back to like other movies, other comic book movies that have been exquisitely spoiled, like Spider-Man No Way Home, for instance, a lot of fun stuff about that movie was spoiled, you know, well in advance before the movie came out. Movie still did well, thankfully, uh -huh. but even still like it, it's, it's stuff like that that really deters me from wanting to engage into the hype as much as I used to. Yeah. Yeah, I just do my best to just stay away from everything. It's why, again, that's part of the reason why I don't even have a Twitter. One, it's just, to me, Twitter is just very toxic, just filled with a lot of just <laughs> really bad stuff. So I just stay away from Twitter altogether. And like I said, I've really limited my Instagram on who I'm following. So that way I don't have any potential situations like that that are going to pop up. So... Um just yeah. trying my best to just stay away from all of it. Yeah, I've been trying to my trying harder now to clear up my social lists and, you know, who I follow. And also, you know, because of the shows, you know, not only that you and I do, but the other shows that I do, it's kind of a double-edged sword for me because it's like I don't really want to be on Twitter, but at the same time, it's the most up-to-date anything pop culture yeah. app and it's like it's it really is like the worst double-edged sword on the planet. And again, you know, <clears throat> promoting these shows and making them known and creating more con creating content. I use that term loosely because, you know, I, I, by very definition, this is content created. So for your listening pleasure, you're welcome I'd, listener. I'd be curious to know the, uh, when we're going to start seeing like the review embargoes lift and when reviews start coming in for it. Oh, that happens on the 28th, 28th. Okay. That happens on the 28th. I can 110% confirm that to you because someone very close to me who is very much in that industry he he got a early screen he knows. To see, yeah he yeah. and and they he was he's critic you know and and um their their embargo lifts on the 28th for both reviews and um 
I think the the just the embargo period lists on the twenty eighth for that movie. Okay. For critic score and for reviews. So, words about this movie will be out even before the movie's out next week. So it's probably in best interest to just stay off the internet. <laughs> yeah, and get to a screening as soon as possible, <laughs> like we are doing. Like honestly, even after the Batman, I'm thinking about doing a bit of a cleanse too, um, because I just. I'm kind of tired of the the discourse that happens around superhero stuff. Largely, mm-hmm. it's it's just kind of exhausting and nauseating. And you know, after the Batman, there's going to be um, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness, and, and after the latest trailer for that, it looks like there's going to be a lot of you know re- repeats of probably a repeat of what happened with Spider Man to some extent. Yeah, and it kind of already happened considering. Um, the one character that they definitively teased in that trailer was shown and leaked prior to that trailer coming out. So Mm -hmm. anything's possible. Um, That said, in regards to Batman in this episode, we should probably make it known what this episode's about, right? Yeah. Um, It's going to be a quick one. We're we're just going to kind of rank our, our live action Batman leading into Pattinson. Um, Again, this the the rules of this also only include um, from eighty nine on. Um, that's no disrespect whatsoever to Robert Lowry, um, Lewis Wilson, and of course the late great Adam West, as well as uh, Kevin Conroy. Um, we just thought that given the the current batch of Batmen that Craig and I have experienced, felt appropriate to talk about for this episode, I guess would be the best way to put it. Yeah. It's going to be a short list, though. I mean, there's only, you know, five actors that we're going to go through. Um, yeah. Craig and I each have them individually ranked, and then after that, we'll talk about another Batman the Animated Series episode, uh, Be a Clown, which I'm sure we'll have a lot to say about that. But yeah. Um, and of course, obviously, Robert Pattinson is excluded from this list because we have not actually seen his role yet. And even in, like, the trailers, we barely know anything about his Batman, so. I will just say that based on the trailers and the clips that I've seen, um, he's already in a contender for uh, for that number one spot. But yeah, time will tell. Time oh, and he will... said Be a Clown. Isn't uh, the episode we're doing, isn't it Appointment in Crime Alley? No, it's Be a Clown. Oh, it's Be a Clown? Okay. I thought we did. Did we not do appointment? We, in crime we did. Alley? No, no. Uh, Be a clown is before appointment in crime alley. That's right. That's right. Did you watch appointment in crime alley? I watched both. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Cool. I didn't watch appointment in crime alley. <laughs> so I guess you're all only getting one. Tough shit. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, let me ask you this, Craig. Mm-hmm. Who was the first Batman you saw in a movie theater? In a movie theater, that was Kilmer. Oh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Batman Forever. That was the first time I saw Batman in a movie theater. So you narrowly missed Batmania 89 with Keaton then. Yeah, because I was born in 85. Yes, I am ancient and dying. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was born in 85 and yeah, just just missed the boat on Keaton. Because if I remember right... Yeah, because I did not see returns in the theater. Mm. Okay, okay. Yeah, Forever was my first time seeing Batman in a movie theater. Well, I guess we have that in common, because um, I was born in 1992, the same year Batman Returns came out. So there's my age showing. 
Yeah, you're young and full of life. I just turned 30 last month and my body aches. Don't tell me that. <laughs> young and full of life. Yeah, right. I wish hey, I man, I'm, I'm in my mid-30s. I'm still going to metal shows and getting in the pit. You know, I, since I've started working out, I've considered going back to the pit. We'll see. It's fun. I will say it was, it was nice. The first time in a long time I went in November and I saw ice nine kills and I got in the, uh, right in the middle of all that. And that was, I paid for it the next day, but it was worth it. Hmm. I wonder if Pattinson pays for the next day damage. He takes his Batman. Probably. Oh, I bet <laughs> you'd have to imagine. So, right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's funny because everyone has, like, an idea of, you know, or everyone has their preference of which actor did Batman the best. And there's always, oh, yeah. you know, it, it really does kind of come down to, like, three actors. It, yeah. In, in this time space, in the space that we're currently occupying, uh, in the modern context in which we speak in terms of pop culture, it's usually three actors that that name of best Batman gets thrown around and, and we're here to give our take on the five of the six. Yep. Because we're not going to talk about Gotham. We already did that and you might get that later. <laughs> yeah. Just just a heads up. As a little bonus. <laughs> just a little bonus <laughs> that, that's going to require a hell of a lot of editing, but I'll deal with it. Because I'm the man. The Batman. Um, so, I... It, it's funny because it, this happened as a conversation towards the end of our last episode because we couldn't quite figure out what we wanted to do. So, yeah. we, so we may as well just kind of entertain the discourse surrounding the best version of Batman, but in our own fun way because we know, at least I know and you know, that it's it's very easy to just kind of make a joke about it and then leave it at that. If, mm-hmm. say, you feel differently about a version of Batman that I feel differently about, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, we're on a Twitter thread just making pointless jabs at each other preference (laughs) well i guess we should get this show on the road then um ranking our live action batman going from five to one that that is that is the uh the way we've done it before i'm pretty sure i think yeah yeah yes yes that's the way we've done it sorry brain fart um because i was thinking about how i have to catch up on my batman movie rewatch Oh, I saw 89 the other day, and it's like, oh, yeah, I'll watch Returns tomorrow, and I missed that. And I was like, oh, okay, i got to watch Returns and Forever. But now i got to watch three <laughs> movies in the same freaking day, and then I'm probably going to have to binge the trilogy the next day just to make uh, up yeah. for it. But, you know, hey, I can do a Batman marathon. Um, speaking of Batman marathon, the last one and least one I'm looking forward to is on the bottom of my list, and I'm pretty confident it's probably on the bottom of Craigslist, too. I'm pretty sure. It's pretty easy to guess which <laughs> Batman is at the bottom. Yep, I'll let, I'll let you announce it. Without further ado, I give way to the one and only George Clooney, who... Yep. Great actor. Absolutely. Absolutely yep. fantastic actor. 110% great actor in every sense of the word. And Joel Schumacher, again. Great director. Number 23, mm-hmm. Lost Boys. Hell, I'll even say it. Batman Forever. Mm-hmm. Good director, right? Like, the material and execution handed and the way they made Batman and Robin is why Clooney is at the bottom of mine and your list, I imagine. 
Mm-hmm. I mean, if our commentary didn't give any, you know, anything away about our opinions on that, that's just, I just can't even, when you compare them to all the other live action Batman, it's just so phoned in. Mm-hmm. You can just tell by his presence on the screen, he doesn't care about what he's doing. Dude, there was no distinction between no. the way he voiced Bruce Wayne and the way there he voiced was, Batman, you know, yeah, whatsoever. I mean, we said that at the commentary at one point, like he doesn't try, he doesn't even try to change his voice at all. Oh no! Like even when he's talking to Mister Freeze, like "Hi, Freeze, I'm <laughs> yeah. Batman." It's like <sighs> I felt so bad for George Clooney, yeah, and Val Kilmer because they kind of had to share that 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 role in a way mm-hmm. in that in that they both get heavily superbly criticized for their time in that role and honestly you know another thing that really doesn't do it for me is, is his suit like i really don't like his his jet black panther mm-hmm. suit i really don't like it at all honestly none of the suits he wear even that like the whatever the hell that one was called at the end that they wore on their way to battle freeze uh that's none of the suits in batman and robin are good none of them the Robin suit's terrible. The Batgirl suit's terrible. Batman suit's terrible. It's all bad. Yeah. I can't deny that. Honestly, the only character that I think looks accurate and feels accurate in that movie is Poison Ivy. Poison Ivy. Yep. Yep. Yeah. That's like the only And even then, remember, I... And Alfred. I, and Alfred, yeah. We mentioned it in the commentary. Even towards the end, they mess Ivy up because that weird pinkish reddish jumpsuit that she wears at the very end with her battle with Batgirl and it has these like black spikes handcuff things and her hair is I just oh I don't know what was going on in that process I don't either that mm, I'm I'm remembering mm. all the booze that went (sighs) to my system during that commentary I just the third act of that movie just... <laughs> it really does. <laughs> it just, it's so hard to talk about. It and I'm, I'm, I'm even surprised that with an abundance of alcohol that we had, I still managed to make it through. <laughs> I know. And I, it's like I said in our last episode, that I, when I went back and listened to that, you know, first, first little bit, we're just having fun. We're throwing little jabs here and there and having a good time. As the movie's progressing, you know, we're still having a good time. We're still laughing, but we're starting to get a little more annoyed, we're starting to get a little more agitated. And then I remember specifically when you <laughs> when you realized that we still had another hour to go in the movie. <laughs> and it all fell apart. From that point on, it was just nonstop like what is this movie? How did this happen? I'm trying to remember. Did I get beer drunk or wine drunk during that? I got... You you were Jameson, if I remember That's right. That's right. I had three or four beers and, like, a couple different shots of Jameson. By the end of that movie, I was so fed up with it. I was just like... Yeah. Uh... Matter of fact, I, th- I, st- I still think I have some Jameson, too. <laughs> Which I very well might finish off while watching The Dark Knight Rises. Not because I don't enjoy the movie... But because I wonder how much funner it gets with alcohol. Yeah. 
Well, I was going to say, I mean, you could just save her for when, I mean, if you're doing a marathon, you're going to eventually have to rewatch Batman and Robin again. No, I'm so. not. <laughs> no, I'm not. Want to know why? Because nothing in Batman and Robin dictates any reason for me to watch the Batman. I would watch Batman Forever leading up to the Batman. I would watch Batman Returns leading up yeah. to the Batman. I would watch Batman Begins and The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises leading up to Batman. I am not going to watch Batman and Robin again. Matter of fact, I'm going to make that abundantly clear right now. I'm not going to watch Batman and Robin leading into the Batman. And then if they tease Mr. Freeze, I'm going to feel like an asshole for not watching Batman and Robin going into the Batman. <laughs> and I did see that interview where Matt Reeves did say he is interested in doing his take on uh, Mr. Freeze for a potential sequel. So Please. Just Matt Reeves, if you're listening, just yeah, please. I am all for that. Mr. Freeze needs some redemption. <laughs> he needs redemption in live action form. I think we talked about this. Yeah. You know, Pat Pattinson said he wants the Court of Owls. Mm -hmm. Reeve said he wants Mr. Freeze. And I'm just like, why don't y'all do both? Yeah, why not both? Why not <laughs> it's both? that meme. Why not both? Because Night of the Owls has both in them. Yeah. But I digress. Yes. Uh, yeah. Going back to George Clooney. <sighs> That's the that's the even more effed up part is like he had like the look of Bruce Wayne like he had he the did. chops yeah like everything was there for him to be a really great Bruce Wayne and he just was just like you know what if they're gonna treat this like a joke I'm gonna treat this like a joke which respect yeah you know I'm not trying to put words in in his mouth it's just the the, the feeling that I get upon watching him in that movie I think literally the only scene throughout that entire movie where I felt like he was actually bringing at least something to the character was that scene between him and Alfred, where he's saying like, I love you old man and Alfred's lying in bed. But even then that scene is ruined by these crappy little flashbacks that they give us of what were supposed to be heartwarming moments. But like one of them is uh, when he was a kid, he, he slipped down the hall and Alfred picked him up and that's supposed to make me feel good about their relationship. <laughs> like every, every step forward was three steps back in that film. My silence should speak some volumes. <laughs> I'm, I'm serious. Like I, I, I yeah. don't have anything else to add. I really don't. No. I wish I did. I love George Clooney and a lot of other movies. I wish I could say I loved him in Batman and Robin. I kind of do. But only because he trooped it out. Like the, yeah. like the professional actor that he is. And speaking of professional actors, my number four very well might piss off a lot of people. I think I might. You know, I'm kind of curious, depending on what you say, because I might be in the same boat. I mean, I can go first unless you want to go first. Now go for it. I'm curious. Moving on from George Clooney, uh, my um, my number four of live action Batman, Michael Keaton. Really? Hand okay. to God. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yes. That's interesting because that is also mine. <laughs> that is my number four. I'm gonna laugh my ass off. Our lists are the same. <laughs> I'm seriously just gonna yeah. laugh my ass off. Our lists are the same. Yeah. Because I mean, it's, is, it's it's really not hard. I mean, there's only five Batman to choose from, so it's really not. You know, hard to get the ranking close to close. You know what I mean? Yeah, this might uh, 
this might be the final episode of the eternal <laughs> the eternal night based upon this answer I, the, watch us just get a bunch of hate mail from just this oh, list alone <laughs> you, so yeah your num number four is keaton then huh my okay. number four is okay. keaton and i actually i had a hard time debating it for a little bit and then i just thought about it i went back and i watched some clips and everything and yeah i, I he is he is number four on my list now, why is Michael Keaton number four on your list? Elaborate to that to me, please. So, for me, even though I did grow up watching those movies, he, it's so hard to describe. For me personally, he doesn't do anything that makes him stand out as either Bruce Wayne or Batman. He just he doesn't really do anything in those films. He's very much, he's just a presence there to me. Yeah. He has a, a line here or there, but when I think of 89 Batman and I think of Batman returns, I think of all the scenes with the villains. He is very much a background character to these villains. You know, what's ironic for me, Craig, mm. <laughs> You and I are a lot alike in that we yeah. love Batman, right? Look, we've loved Batman since we were kids. Yeah. I've adored this character since I could freaking walk, right? Yeah. In my time spent on the internet, the amount of times I've seen people claim that Michael Keaton is like, is the definitive Batman. There's a bit, okay, there is a big difference between saying Michael Keaton is my definitive Batman mm -hmm. and Michael Keaton is the definitive batman you know what i mean yeah if you tell me that michael keaton is your definitive batman i got mad respect for you 110 mm -hmm. because all things considered his batman is dark his yeah. version of bruce wayne is very reserved his version of bruce wayne is calculated his version of bruce wayne is very meticulous and detail oriented i will give him that if you're going to say michael keaton is the definitive version of batman in live action the question I pose to you is, can you really say that with a straight face, knowing full well the Joker killed his parents instead of Joe Chill? Mm-hmm. Can you really say that, knowing full well that his version of Batman blew up Axis Chemicals? Yeah. With people in it? <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, there's a whole crowd of people that clamor and whine about, oh, Batman doesn't kill! Yep. He shouldn't, but that's not the... That's a completely different argument. Um, My point is, is like... People put Michael Keaton on this massively huge pedestal in regards to being this superb, definitive, detective version of Batman. And honestly, he's really not that. Uh -uh. He's, he's just the dark, shadowy figure who comes and conks you out with a one-two punch, has to you know completely turn around to see you. But like, it, it's just so funny to me that people will make these really large leaps to just try and say that Michael Keaton is the definitive Batman instead of just saying he's my Batman. Mm -hmm. So that's why Keaton's down there for me. Like it, it's no disrespect to him. Honest to God, Michael Keaton's one of the best actors on the planet. Pardon my French. I'm going to bleep <laughs> that out with some static, but like it, it's just, I just, it, it might also have to do with the fact we didn't see him in 89, so we're not really affected by that Batmania. Yeah. You know? And yeah, I, say, I, I say that ironically because I have the 89 logo tattooed on my arm. 
And really, when people ask me that, they go, did you get that because you like Michael Keaton's Batman? I go, no, I just like the logo. <laughs> and they're like, huh? What? How many Batman tattoos have you seen? And they all look damn near the same. I wanted a different looking one. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I, I thought back to those movies. And really, the only time he really kind of stood out to me was... Um, what we talked about on our last episode, the legendary moments of the Dark Knight. The, excuse me, have you ever danced with the devil by the pale moonlight? Yes. That's really it for me. I can't really think. Besides, like the you want to get nuts? Yeah, let's get nuts scene where he's Bruce Wayne. He's trying to like intimidate the Joker. But even then, that scene was always really awkward to me because it was very. Why would Bruce Wayne suddenly start acting like that around the Joker? There was just there's little things about his performance in both those movies that I was just kind of like, that was really strange, but it makes sense. Cause I mean, Tim Burton does make very strange films. So. Yes. And you know, to your point, there are moments where Keaton does shine as Batman. And I think in returns, the one that really does it for me is at the end of the movie where he's pleading with Selena. Like, you know, we're the same. Yeah. Like that right there is like, okay, yeah. You two are very tortured people. You've had very traumatic things happen to you. So by dealing with that trauma, y'all dress up like a bat and a cat. Yeah. It's is justified the right word, maybe. I don't know. But for me, I've always been a I've always loved Batman Returns over eighty nine. <laughs> and mm-hmm. it's it's so funny to me because I've had this conversation with so many people, and literally every single time I say that, it's the same answer from people who don't like it, and they don't like it. Oh, I don't like the black goo, and it's like, <laughs> what? Yeah, really? Of all things in the movie, that's the that's the that's the the killer for you. Okay, yeah. whatever. And they and mm, talking about that movie makes me laugh because it's almost like talking about Batman versus Superman all over again. Yeah, it actually kind of is how I think about it. In a certain weird way. Yeah. Because, like, there are just, you know, really off things in that movie that really turn off a lot of people. And I watch it. I'm just like, this is great. Like, Mm -hmm. people get so bent out of shape of Batman putting that stick of dynamite on on Homeboy and having him drop down the the gutter. Oh, yeah. And it's like, Batman shouldn't do that, but I still laugh at it every single time because the look on his face. I was going to say, it doesn't help that he gives this like look of like, (laughs) I'm about to kill a man. Exactly. Right. (laughs) Right. And like the way he interacts with the penguin throughout that movie too is superb throughout. Like there is a definite chemistry there between Danny DeVito and Michael Keaton that I will not deny. Those, those two played off each other very well. And kudos to Danny DeVito for, pulling off a very, very interesting interpretation of the Penguin. <laughs> I mean, so far, he's still my favorite version of the Penguin. Yeah. Not even because of his just, you know, grotesque... Oh, I mean, that kind of has something to do with it. His grotesque acts against other people. Uh, as... When he bites when he bites dude's yes. nose. Yes. That, that, <laughs> and that blood goes squirting still, everywhere. <laughs> to this day, one of the best scenes ever, in my opinion. I don't yeah. care how anyone... like. I think that scene is brilliant with the way that it's done excuse me or even like how michelle pfeiffer had um (laughs) managed to keep a full parakeet in her mouth yeah that was crazy when i learned that and that she actually she learned how to use the whip herself yeah oh yeah that's impressive 
You know what doesn't get talked about enough from Batman Returns? Mm. He had some cool technology, and that underwater sub thing was still the most badass bat vehicle I've seen yeah. <laughs> next to the Batwing in Batman Forever. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, Michael Keaton, he's my number four. I'm sorry if you're a Keaton head. Truly, I am. But hey, he's uh, he's not my Batman. Yep. And he's also not Craig's Batman either. No. Um, so I guess without further ado, we're going to move on to uh, number three. Um, yeah. I feel I feel like you should kick this one off since I kicked off the last two. So I'm curious to see who your number three is. Yeah, my number three, and it's is really again, it's just kind of a middle of the road actor for me in terms of in terms of Batman because he is a really good actor. Uh, three for me is Bale, Christian Bale. Okay, so our lists are not the same. Okay. 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 Yeah, for me, Bale, he is really good. I mean, he's a great actor. I just, again, kind of the same for me with Keaton. To me personally, when I watched those movies, he, sh- I felt like he had way more to do in Batman Begins than he did The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. I feel like by the time we got to The Dark Knight, Batman kind of takes a backside to everything going on. Dark Knight is very much, it's all about Heath Ledger's performance as the Joker. Everything gets thrown to the wayside. And I get, like, the idea that they were going with, you know, having Batman working together with Dent and Gordon to try to take this psychopath down. Mm Mm-hmm. But I feel like by doing that and putting so much emphasis, and again, credit where credit's due, putting so much emphasis on Heath Ledger's Joker, you lose sight of Bale as Batman. I feel like he just, he was just kind of there. He was just present. He didn't really bring anything to the roles in those two latter movies. I feel like, begins is where he really shone you got to see bruce wayne developing himself into batman and you see him struggle with what he was taught you know by ra's al ghul Mm -hmm. and trying to become that defender of the city while also kind of having this personal agenda for the death of his parents Mm. And I really feel like that a lot of that was lost by the time we got to the Dark Knight and the Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Okay, I'm not quite ready to talk about Christian Bale. He's my number two, but okay, my number three to counterpoint that for completely different reasons is actually going to be Val Kilmer. Okay, yeah, that's fine with me. It's, yeah, go yeah, go for it. Let me let me guess. Val Kilmer's your number two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I figured as much. Okay. So we, you, if you've been listening to our show, you kind of you knew right off the bat when we announced this <laughs> this episode. They're like, well, I already know what number one's gonna be. It's pretty clear, right? So <laughs> to completely count not really counterpoint, but to to give a counterintuitance of my number three versus your number three, the reason I have Val Kilmer here is because and the reason I have him above Clooney, number one, first Batman I ever saw him in a movie theater. Uh-huh. So he's got that going for him. Number two, his suit looked better. Yep. I, I liked his suit. His suit also had the emblem that was in the same color as the 89 logo. It's the only yeah. suit to have that. Right? But not only that, I will just say that the reason Val Kilmer is, for me, the middle of the road bat 
is because we didn't get to see him do more. Yeah, I agree with that. And so, that said, though, his performance, he's the only one playing it straight in Batman Forever. He's literally the only Mm -hmm. one playing the dark, gruesome, straight man in this colorful, bright city who's just crazy, right? But he's crazy, too, because he's just like a freaking bat. Yeah. Right? And I I think that's kind of, to me, that's kind of similar to what I was saying here about Bale. Because Kilmer is playing it that way, the emphasis then goes to everything else. You know, Mm -hmm. it Mm -hmm. goes to Jim Carrey's Riddler. It goes to Tommy Lee Jones's Two-Face the focus becomes them and Batman kind of becomes this side piece almost. But you know what? I can't quite agree with that because the entire movie hinges on Bruce's psychology as a character for the most yeah. part. It it starts and ends with him. Wait, hold on. Let me think. Yes, yes. The movie starts and ends with him because uh-huh. he kind of all get drive through and then him and <laughs> yeah. yeah. Regardless, like, I think he did a much better job at what he was handed to deliver than what Clooney did. But again, you know, that's apples to rotten apples. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I I also just really like the way that he looked in the suit, too. Like, he definitely had the chin. He had the mm-hmm. piercing eyes. He also had a Robin. I got to give him credit for that. Like, yeah. his, his Batman had a Robin. And I do like Batman and Robin quite a bit. Not the movie, the concept. Let's make that abundantly clear. But, no, I, th- I think Kilmer, for me, the the main reason I think he, he's definitely middle of the road is be- purely because of how shortchanged he got the role. And the shortchanging isn't even, you know, due to him necessarily being terrible in the role. He didn't want to do it after that movie. You know, yeah, I I did read something about the fact that like they wanted him to come back for Batman and Robin, but it said something along the lines of like he cited scheduling conflicts as why he didn't return to the role. And I'm sitting there going, eh, was it really scheduling conflicts, or are you kind of like, have you seen I the documentary like, I... Val? No, I haven't. Okay, watch that documentary. Oh, okay, there is a detailed point where Val Kilmer talks about Batman Forever in that movie, in that in that documentary. It's it's okay. on Amazon. It's on Amazon Prime Video. So if you have that, you should be able to watch it. Yeah, I've got that. Okay. Add yeah. that to my yeah. list yeah. right now. Yeah, there's a whole section. Well, it's not huge or anything, but there there is a section there where Val does talk about Batman Forever, what it was like to be in the role, what it was like to get the role, and ultimately how we felt out after the role and how after that movie happened. And mm. yeah, that that's kind of where I'm at with Val Kilmer. He's yeah, okay. he, he, the reason he's my middle-of-the-road bat is because of the fact we did not get to see him do anything else. Yeah. Looks like Max agrees, too. <laughs> um, so your number two is Val Kilmer. My number two is Christian Bale. You were talking about Christian Bale. I should probably talk about Christian Bale now. Yeah, go for it. So, Christian Bale as Batman. Um... I had a very, Max gets it, I had a very tumultuous <laughs> relationship with it. Damn it, Max. I had a very interesting relationship with Bale's version of Batman in that his first movie, I had no idea even came out. 
I was just getting into middle school by the time that movie came out, so I <laughs> did not see Batman Begins in the theaters. Um, so seeing that Batman on the big screen didn't for, didn't happen for me until The Dark Knight. But I did. I, manage... think, I think honestly that was the case for most people because yeah. I I didn't see it in theaters either, and honestly, most people I knew at the time didn't see it in theaters. Yeah, and I had seeked out Batman Begins a good year or so after it had initially came out. And so, after that, you know, getting into The Dark Knight Rises, like, Bale, for me, has the luxury of time. And I think he's got that over a lot of the other actors, save a Robert Robert Pattinson. Robert Pattinson is probably going to be the only other actor in this role who will have the luxury of time to really get to flesh out what he gets to do with the character or what him and Matt Reeves get to do with the character. I uh, say one would hope it. assuming Warner brothers doesn't decide to just suddenly go, Oh, I changed her mind. You know, I'm really glad you brought that up because I think the whole debacle with justice league is the exact reason why they won't do that going forward. One would hope that is exactly what I am hoping for as well. One would hope. I mean, they gave carte blanche to James Gunn to do whatever he wants with Suicide Squad and Peacemaker. It's mm-hmm. turning out really well for them. Uh, they let Matt Reeves make a three-hour Batman movie, so I'm kind of hoping that they've learned their lesson. But you even still, but even still, like th- what Bale and Nolan did with that version of the character was proof in their pudding enough already that they should just let their directors do what they want and tell the story that they want. Because, lean in, kids, I got a story for you. Batman Begins didn't make a billion dollars at the box office. No. The only other two Batman movies that did were The Dark Knight and The Dark Knight Rises. Yep. So, it's funny to me that that people now have this stigma, oh, Batman's a billion-dollar character. He needs to make a billion dollars at the box office every single time. And it's like, no, no, Mm -hmm. no, that, that was only really predicated towards what Nolan and Bale were doing, and that's because they earned it with a good story. And ultimately, again, I, I think that's why Bale's version of the character has, you know, has had an impact on me. I, I was very, very cynical towards this version of the character because growing up, I was influenced a lot by my older cousin, who is also very much a cynical, toxic person in his own right. I no longer <laughs> associate myself with him, but, you know, he was very influential and almost... Um, I guess influencer would probably be the the best way to describe it because I see a lot of younger folks being influenced by people on the internet in regards to just certain opinions on certain things. Like you see someone say something and then you see another person regurgitate that same thing. You're Uh like, I know where you said that. And my cousin in particular would always say that Bale's version of Batman was nothing more than a billion dollar ninja. And it's like, okay, that's very, very... What's the right word here? Um, disingenuous. Mm-hmm. Um, very just inaccurate, I, I guess, would be the, the best way to say it. Because, I mean, if, if you're just going to call his version of Batman a, you know, billion-dollar ninja, it's like, okay, you're going to completely discount everything that happened with Alfred. You're completely, you know, ignoring the entire relationship he has there with Lucius Fox. So, I just... It, it's beyond me now as an adult and having watched that trilogy in full to see it. And it's like, I don't get why I was such a cynical asshole towards it. I don't. I, I look at those yeah. movies now from such a different perspective. It's not even funny. Like, I really, 
watch those movies and I see them for what they are. And, you know, it's a very hyper-realistic take on Batman. It's very grounded in reality. And that's, again, because Nolan himself, Christopher Nolan, is a very grounded filmmaker. He makes all of his movies grounded in such a hyper-realistic world, it's almost impossible to do something fantastical like Mr. Freeze or Firefly Mm -hmm. or even do Ra's al Ghul in a more traditional sense, right? So it really doesn't surprise me that some people, like my cousin, would have that, it's not like the comic book chip on their shoulder when it comes to that trilogy. But honestly, when it comes to Batman, he had the voice. His suit doesn't look half bad. Honestly, I think if you take the cowl from Dark Knight and Dark Knight Rises and put it on the suit from Begins, you got a pretty perfect suit there for Batman. Yeah, I agree. The cowl was always one of the things for me that was just kind of just, it always looked kind of odd but I do think they resolved it in the later movies. I think you're right. Yeah. The cowl did actually, honestly, like my biggest gripe is probably the cowl from the dark Knight and the dark Knight rises. It's just kind of goofy looking. So um, it's very, that round look to it. It, it. it looks weird. Yeah. Yeah. It's very, I mean, I don't mind middle length ears. I don't, I, I can, mm. I can take it or leave it. Um, I mean, honestly, you know, the ears, I see that as a a, content, a point of contention among some Batman fans. I really don't care how long or short his ears are. I don't. Yeah. I may have said something different in the past. By all means, if if, if I have, show me the receipt. Um, but as, as it stands right now, um, matter of fact, I think I did say middle of the years. I don't. I, I don't know. Regardless, like you know, I think the one thing I don't like is how when the transition happens from Batman Begins to Dark Knight, Dark Knight Rises. The emblem on his suit gets like it concaves in over the chest, and I, I don't know that I like that very much. Oh, and you know what? I never thought of that. Look. Oh yeah, I do see what you mean. Well, I mean your Skype picture is of Bale Batman, yeah. so yeah, I see what you mean, huh? I never noticed that. It has been a long time since I've watched Begins, though. It, it's been a good while since I've watched Batman Begins. Honestly, his voice also in Begins is much more hushed and sinister than it is yeah. in the latter two films. I think, I think the whole growling thing is very much, uh, you know, it's a, it's a, what's the right word here? Uh, acceptable criticism. There we go. Yeah, because obviously <laughs> everyone has a different idea of what Batman's going to sound like. You know, if you've watched the animated series, Batman can, you know, Kevin Conroy for for better reference here he can move his vocal cords from you know one range to another to very just to really distinguish you know his voice of bruce wayne and batman which i want to say bale did but on a very like amplified level definitely amplified (laughs) superbly amplified i said i to me the one that stands out is at the end when uh towards the end of the dark knight when he catches joker (laughs) I just I can't help but laugh at the scene because it's supposed to be so serious, but just his voice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, the people of Gotham have just shown you that they're ready to believe in good. I'm like, oh, dude, what's you, what's you doing, man? <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> you were the best of us. <laughs> that one. <laughs> he uh, looks, and he does his facial expression yeah. too. He looks so out of breath. <laughs> he looks. <laughs> yeah, it's like I, he just I, went for a mile run. I think I think Christian Bale's probably arguably the most memeable Batman of them. Oh, absolutely. Uh, 
Close, yeah. I would say him and Keaton yeah. are kind of neck yeah. and neck. Yeah, I, I, I had Keaton in, in mind too, but yeah. I think I've seen more. Like, <laughs> there's one where... <laughs> It's from the set of The Dark Knight Rises and bails at a microphone as Batman and the caption underneath the meme is me And it's like you could totally hear that in the Bale voice of Batman. Yeah. But honestly, I think Bale's Batman gave me a lot of things I never thought I would see in live action. You know, you, you got to see like a, a near perfect recreation of, of the, the death of the Waynes. Mm-hmm. You really got to see like a full on like feud with his arch nemesis and the Joker. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, like my biggest, <laughs> this is going to be kind of cynical, but in my heyday of truly being cynical towards this version of Batman in 2012, when I was just very cynical, young 20 year old man and just, you know, wanting Batman to be in a cinematic universe and then just like being blatantly mad that this movie was not that it. So I was automatically hating on it because of that. Cause you know, that was the thing to do back then. Yeah. But the thing that really did it for me, like the thing that still to this day makes me so happy. And Craig, I think I've told you this. I think I've even mentioned it on the show before. Yeah. Matter of fact, I think it, it is one of my legendary moments is one of my favorite moments of watching Christian Bale's Batman is watching his back get broken by Tom Hardy's band. Yeah. <laughs> or your body. <laughs> oh, yes. I was wondering what would break first. <gasps> your spirit or your body. And he just broad drops him over the knee. Dude, that shit was so good. And, the, uh, and we talked about it just after he breaks it, he just shoves, he can't, pushes them off. Mm-hmm, <laughs> and he, mm-hmm. the, and his mm-hmm. body just rolls. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just kind of rolls off the knee. <laughs> took a bane to the knee. <laughs> but like the, the, the logic behind him coming back from that is absolutely questionable. There's no denying that. Oh, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I will also say that the whole trope of how did he get from, Middle East mm. to Gotham and the <laughs> to Go- back to Gotham. <laughs> I'm just gonna yeah. go with he's Batman. Yeah. I'm cool with it. I don't care yeah. anymore. Like, it's it's really the one where you just kind of you have to go. It's a comic book movie. It's a comic book movie. It's a comic book movie. <laughs> but it's also a Christopher Nolan movie. It is. <laughs> so that makes it harder. It does. It, it makes does. it really, really hard. Yeah. <laughs> to be like, how did he get from? You know what? That's where you that that right there shows you right there that Christopher Nolan was kind of like, I'm just doing this as a favor to the studio movie, not so much one I really want to do. And again, too, you got to imagine there. Unfortunately, for the passing of Heath Ledger, that probably had a pretty big impact on it as well. They're like, ah, shit, what are we going to do? You know what? Yeah, that that's something I've definitely heard down through the grapevine as well. Yeah. That that the the unfortunate timely passing of Heath Ledger did in fact impact the um the overall direction of that third film, which is yeah. un, which is unfortunate, truly. Because I mean, <laughs> you can't talk about Bale's Batman and then at some point not also bring up Ledger's Joker because they were really just yeah they 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 broke the bar that Keaton and and. And Nicholson, Nicholson. Said, yeah, you know, like, like yep. they, they, I wouldn't, okay, break the bar isn't quite the right word. They moved that bar from where mm-hmm. it was, and they made it really tough to get to. Yeah, because you went, I mean, you went from Keaton and Nicholson to animated, you know, Conroy and Hamill, 
to this, mm -hmm. to Bale and Ledger. And it's really from that point, it's like, where do you go from there? Right. Well, I think I've, I've waxed a little bit poetic about Christian Bale. Do you have anything else to add about Val Kilmer? Uh, really, no, really nothing else. I think the, oh, really the only reason why he edged out Bale for me is just a few things, you know, in terms of storyline, like you said, it's beyond compare. I mean, Bale had three movies to develop the character and work through everything. Whereas Kilmer was stuck with one. Yeah. I think the only reason why Kilmer was higher than Bale on my list is just because kind of the same thing. He was the first one I ever saw in theaters. It was my first time ever seeing this character that I love on the big screen. I will also say the sonar suit looks infinitely better yes. than the other suit. I like that suit yep. so much. I love the sonar suit. I think that was actually, that was one of mine in um, in the episode where we talked about our favorite bat suits. I forgot we did that. Yep, and I remember. Uh, I think the sonar suit was somewhere in my top five. I think. I think it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember what mine were, but I'll have to go back and look. But, well, I guess we're here at number one. Number one, which again, if anybody has been listening to our show since it started, you already knew exactly who our number one was going to be. Oh, it's pretty obvious who number one is yep I, I don't i don't think this man needs an introduction um <laughs> he's a phenomenal actor in his own right award-winning yep. director absolutely comic book accurate as batman to a t mm -hmm. and just an absolute beast of a human in his own right and I, <laughs> it goes without saying our number one is absolutely ben affleck as batman yep bat flick the sad batman yeah i don't know where to even begin so i think i should let you take it away uh honestly i was gonna say that there i was sold on him from the very first trailer from the very first clip we saw of him in the suit but again what solidified this character for me was my legendary moment from um our last episode introducing him as Bruce Wayne making his way through the city as Superman and Zod are battling it out and everything is getting destroyed that to me defines the character everyone else is running for their lives everyone else is trying to get away from this just absolute destruction that is going on around them he is the only person heading towards the destruction because he wants to try to help as many people as possible and just, I will never, ever forget the first time I saw that trailer, the extended trailer, and you saw him running into the, the debris and everything, the dust that's heading towards him. That defines Bruce Wayne, Batman, to me. Yeah. Yeah, that's... That's... I can't disagree, because when I saw the very first photo of him in the suit mm -hmm. when Zack Snyder shared that very picture on Twitter, that nine o'clock crisp May morning. I remember because I was sitting there refreshing my feed, waiting for it to drop. <laughs> I, I remember this clear as day, almost as much as I remember my very first memory as a two year old. Um, I was sitting there refreshing my computer because the night before good old like Christmas, like Christmas Eve, Zack Snyder, shares a photo 
as they begin to ramp up production on what is then titled Batman versus Superman, mm-hmm. shares a photo of um what looks to be a Batmobile covered in a tarp. And the caption, I think, read something like, uh, reveal dot 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 tomorrow. And me, I'm thinking, oh, he's going to show the Batmobile tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not. It's, it's not a not a new bat suit. It's not Batfleck. It's not, you know, Superman. It's, okay, you're, you're doing a little, little bit of throwing some little crumbs of cheddar at our way. Okay, okay, okay. I, I see it. I see you, Zack Snyder. Okay. This was the first time that I, I think I experienced what some would call today, a Zack Snyder hype train. <laughs> because the next morning. I'm sitting there refreshing my feed like I want to see what this Batmobile looks like because I'm I wasn't too huge. Maybe we should do that next live action Batmobiles. Um, yeah, I was not at all big on the Tumblr. Like it, it was just not not really like what no, I would, like, what I would prefer yeah. as a Batmobile. So I was like, OK, cool. Let's see. Because the back end of it looked like it had some turbines. It looked like it had some, you know, wings, spikes, edges, whatever you want to call it. Right. And I was like, OK, OK. It looks like he's going for something a little maneuverable tanky but it looks you know sleek at least from what you could gather by the by the back half of that picture and then promptly at nine o'clock a.m pacific standard time i refresh my page sure enough the first thing i see is a tweet fresh from Zack snyder's feed and he so shot this with my lace lace lake i don't know how to pronounce it but <laughs> damn shows off a black and white photo of Ben yep. Affleck in the bat suit next to the frickin' Batmobile. I'm sitting there just dumbfounded, absolutely beside myself, dude. Just gawking at, like, what I thought, at the, like, the most picture-perfect Batman that was going to grace screens everywhere. Mm-hmm. At that point, I don't give a shit what the story is. I don't give a shit if he loses. I don't give a shit what happens to him in this movie. I don't care what he does. He looks perfect. I can't wait to hear what he sounds like. Yeah. Then the first trailer comes out, right? Like the first teaser. Yep. You know, people were shitty and they leaked it. So Zack Snyder, to his credit, was like, okay, fine. Y'all want to be jerks? I'm going to show you the whole damn thing (laughs) five days early. And it's like, dude, you are the man. And he's that man, that trailer that the when Jeremy Irons chimes in with the whole that's how it starts the fever, the, the rage, rage yeah. the feeling of powerlessness. And it, you get that, that, that close up of Affleck and you see him and he's just intense as yep. shit, right? And then you see the suit and you're like, oh shit, oh shit. And oh. then you hear, and then you hear, tell me, do you, do bleed? you bleed? You will. will. I just like, oh, oh my God, that is such a great voice for Batman. And I had no problem with it whatsoever. No. no. Even the next trailer, when you see them in character, and, you know, the, the big shot at the end with him, you know, Superman and Wonder Woman, she with you? I thought she was with you. <laughs> I was like, that is such a Batman or dialogue even, or right even there. Like, or even like his... his... His conversation with Clark at the 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 Luthor Gala yeah. thing, right? Like maybe it's the Gotham City, City in me. me. Maybe it's just some kind of bad issue with freaks dressed like clowns. And you're like, ooh, yeah. I know, I know what that means. Yep. 
Or like when he's in the cave talking to Alfred, he's like, 20 years in Gotham, Alfred, how many good guys are left? How many stayed that way? And you're like, mm-hmm. are you talking about Harvey Dent right now? Because I think you're talking about Harvey Dent right now. Yep. I don't know what else I could possibly add to, to Ben. Oh, oh, actually, you know what? Yeah, I can, because there's a whole other movie with him as Batman in it. Mm-hmm. And it's called Zack Snyder's Justice League. That happened to come out in last year. And such a damn good performance as Batman. Holy shit. Yep. Like, if you wanted to see a complete deconstruction of Batman, then build him back up, you get Batman versus Superman. If you want to see Batman in his literal prime as a member of the Justice League, you get Zack Snyder's Justice League version of Batman. And there, he's more optimistic than he's ever been. He's because, because he knows he has to be. Yes, that's exactly it. He has to be. He knows if he doesn't assemble these people, they're screwed. Yeah. He knows that if they don't stop this, the whole world's done. He knows that if he did this, Superman died for nothing. Yeah, he watched as this alien from another world sacrificed himself to stop this thing that Truth be told, had Superman not been there, they'd be screwed. Yep. Doomsday would have destroyed the entire planet. This was all Lex, after trying to kill Lex, him, too. Lex would not have been able to control that. This was all after Batman tried to kill him first, too. Yeah, true. <laughs> yeah. Which, again, to his credit, he studied Superman, built a spear out of kryptonite. Mm-hmm. The tactician. The detective. Yep. yep. The Dark Knight. The Batman. Ben Affleck. And look, if you, if you're as disappointed as myself and Craig are that he did not get a solo movie, and yep. there, at the at the moment, you know, there are no plans to do a second or third Justice League film in the vein of, you know, what Zack Snyder wanted to do to continue. Hashtag restore the Snyderverse. I mean, never say never, but uh, it sounds like he is Dunzos with the role yeah. after the Flash, which, which I totally respect and I totally understand why. Which honestly, every actor on this list is 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 that at the end of at the end of their time anyway. Like when mm-hmm. they're done, they're done. You know, you can't you can't just force somebody to stay in a role because you want them to be this specific thing. Like I can't I can tell you how many times I I wished that you know Batfleck had like a you know a Robin a Nightwing whatever. And it's like mm-hmm. you know what, that would be my preference, but that's not my story. Yep. And it's really yeah. ironic that, that that a large part of this universe hinged on the fact that Dick Grayson was dead, and that's why a lot of people were butthurt in the first place. And it's like, my God, you people are miserable. <laughs> Absolutely miserable. And, I mean, Batflight gave us... I mean, I'm sure the Batman's going to have some amazing fight scenes. I don't know how you're gonna ever going to be able to top the warehouse fight in Batman v Superman. That is Batman tearing into criminals that I have always wanted to see on the big screen and that movie delivered it. Yeah, he really did deliver that. That sequence is pretty top-tier Batman action. And it looks like Reeves is going to hit that bar. I, I think I think so. I think he's going to come close. I don't know if he's gonna has it, but he's going to come close, definitely. And you know, even even his whole um the assault in Russia on the parademons with his Batmobile, mm-hmm. that's still pretty kick-ass, too. Oh, yeah, it is. 
Absolutely. And I also love that is he he <laughs> the flying fox. I love that shit so much. <laughs> I just like that his Batman just had it all. He was a mm-hmm. Batman who pretty much had it all kind of for the most part figured out, and I can appreciate that. But it was the most it was the most seasoned Batman. Yes. It's the one who has been through everything. So he has everything at his disposal. And it perfectly sums it up that <laughs> what's your superpower? I'm rich. I'm rich. <laughs> you have satellites? I have six. <laughs> <laughs> the subtle humor in that movie. Top tier. Top tier. Absolutely mm-hmm. top tier. Um, yes. Ben Affleck, the GOAT, the great, the all-timer. Yep. Hall of Famer. No question about it. Honestly, I'm looking at my ranking, and I'm, I'm definitely thinking that Pattinson's going to wind up somewhere in the... Some he, he he's he's gonna edge out Kilmer Bale. He might edge out Affleck. I don't know. Yeah, I I I got to imagine he's gonna definitely be in top three. Now, does he get anywhere near the, like the top top of that? I don't know. But from everything I'm seeing, it's it's looking pretty pretty good in his direction. I think he very well could edge out Bale for me. I think I think the the sh- the shift could go down. Yeah, for me mostly. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. For the most part, like <laughs> when it comes to Batman, favorite one, Ben Affleck. He's got he's got the best suit. He's got the best tech. He's got super friends. I I don't really know what else I could put out there to say that he's my favorite live action Batman. Yeah. You know? Now, had Kevin Conroy. Yes. Oh, wait. He did get a shot at live-action Batman. And guess what? <laughs> His version of Batman killed Superman. Yeah. <laughs> which is ironic. <laughs> Superbly ironic, the more you think about it. Yeah. Um, dun, 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 dun. Let's get into it. Batman the Animated Series, before we wrap the show up, uh, as you guys always know, we like to top these episodes off with a look at Batman the Animated Series. We're only going to do one episode today because, you know, we just didn't communicate whether we were doing one or two. <laughs> so... Today we're just doing one for you fine folks, and that episode is Be a Clown. Um, Craig, do you have any early thoughts of this episode prior to revisiting it today? Uh, no, nothing. It's just, it's a really fun episode, I think. So you don't at all remember watching this episode as a kid? That's Yeah, I remember, so I remember the costume. I remember the, the Jekko the Clown. Mm-hmm. But I don't remember, I didn't remember a lot of the story details mm. until I rewatched it. Okay. It's one of those things, I will never forget that face, that Jekko the Clown face. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I couldn't really remember anything else that happened through it. Besides mm. the the iconic kind of the ending battle. Yeah. Which influenced a, a very fun uh, level in the Adventures of Batman and Robin uh, video game on the Super Nintendo. Oh, I had no idea. You're gonna have to indulge me on that later. Mm-hmm. So I remember 
this episode, but that also could be in part due to the fact that a lot of my favorite episodes of Batman the Animated Series are probably the Joker episodes. I mean, you can't really... I, I don't see how that anyone could say that that's something you can't go against, because, I mean, that is such a standout character. Mark Hamill made that character. I mean, it, it's still just crazy to think after all these years, it's still hard to wrap my head around the fact that Luke Skywalker did the absolute best voice of the Joker I've ever heard. You don't say... <laughs> <laughs> no you're you're absolutely right i remember the day i found out that you know luke skywalker was the voice of one of the most iconic takes on the joker on the planet i was just beside myself you know like, yeah like how, how how do you even begin to like match that up in your head that that one of the most heroic people in the galaxy is also one of the most sinister people in gotham city <laughs> you know but this episode kicks off with Mayor Hamilton Hill just giving a giving a speech in front of this construction site, and he's talking about cleaning up Gotham City and ridding it of crime. And then, sure enough, you know, making the city a much more cleaner place so infrastructure can be safe. And sure enough, a, a like a, an armed robbery comes in and drives through this whole construction site <laughs> yeah. and, and and makes a whole builder you know structure just topple on him. And Summer Gleason's just like, and you were saying, Mayor Hill. Yeah. You feel really bad for the guy because he's obviously trying to make a difference. But it's just like at that point, you know, he, he's talking about how, you know, criminals are a cowardly lot and how they need to be cleaned up. And he's going to throw them out all the city. And then he gets asked about Batman and then he compares them all one of the same. And he says, Batman, people like Batman and the Joker. And who happens to be watching at that very same time? Yeah, Joker's just chilling on the couch watching some TV. He is. <laughs> For some reason, he's watching Mayor Hamilton Hill give this speech. And then he proceeds to get superbly irritated at the fact that Hamilton Hill would dare even think that him and Batman are even in the same comparable league. Yeah. To which he says, I'll show you. Well, he doesn't say that. I'm paraphrasing there. But he, the Joker decides to show Mayor Hamilton Hill just how safe he thinks he really is. And again, that plays into kind of similar to the, uh, what was it, two episodes ago? Uh, the one with, uh, what's his name? The the really pathetic guy that Joker uh, had him help him with one of his schemes. Oh. This kind of shows the sinister side of this character. He was just watching TV and he's just like, oh, that guy's talking crap on me. Well, I'm going to show him what fear is. Same thing, but like what he did Joker's to that favor. character, Joker's favor, yeah. Joker's favor with Char with good old Charlie, who looks like uh, Uncle Buck. Yeah, John Candy. John Candy, right, right, right. Yeah. So like, same thing in that episode. He just wanted this guy to do him a favor someday, and the guy's like, "Well, I'm getting out of here." He leaves, goes under, you know, protective search, changes his name, moves his family, and all that. Joker still finds him, and he knows that he changed his name and all that. That's that's the sinister, dark side of this character. Once he puts his mind to something, he doesn't let it go. Nope. And so here... So Mayor Hamilton Hill is, in fact, a father. He does have a young son named Jordan. His son Jordan is into magic tricks, but his father could care less. He really yeah. doesn't really care too much. And honestly, you know, the, the whole relationship between Jordan and Mayor Hill, like, it, 
it's unfortunate because I've seen I've seen relationships like that with parents trying to you know force their kids into doing what the parents want to do and forcing their kids to be like their parents in almost every conceivable way and it's just like <sighs> that ain't it. I'd even, I would even say too, it's almost like at the first half of this episode where he's interacting with Jordan, it's almost like he's he feels like Jordan is a burden to him. Like he shows no interest in his son whatsoever. Yeah, and even his son kind of points it out. You know, this is my birthday, but it's all about you. You invited yeah. your friends. He's, in, he's inviting all these politicians to, and like uh, did you did you to... did you did you catch the first senator's name? Mm-mm. Senator Finch. Oh wow, I did not. Yeah, <laughs> I chuckled at that because I was like, "Huh, how about that?" Interesting. But, but, <laughs> well, that's that Senator Finch was a man that the one in BVS was played by Holly Hunter. Besides the point, I found it very ironic. (laughs) And then of course, you know, (laughs) what is, what does mayor Hill do to a kid's party? Probably the smartest thing he did in the entirety of planning this party was hiring a, you know, a stage clown or a, you know, a show clown to come and entertain children. Well, the Joker's a clown for lack of a better phrase there. And Joker's going to pull one over on the mayor. Well, it's pretty easy to figure out which clown showed up at the mayor's house, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess we should also mention that Batman did save the mayor. Oh, stop the robbery. Which, to me, to kind of jump back to that opening, this whole episode honestly feels like a Silver Age comic. It really does. It really does. Because Batman doesn't swing in from a grappling hook. Mm. He swings in from a piece of construction equipment. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, huh, that's a... That's an entrance. Yeah. <laughs> but then Bruce Wayne also makes an entrance for whatever reason at this kid's party. I don't With know why. Bruce, giant present. Which I still want to know what was in that present. Yeah. So heavy. What right? what present did Bruce Wayne get this kid? I don't we know. never find out. I should ask Bruce Tim that. Or Paul <laughs> D. Or I, yeah. should ask, I should ask the writer of the episode. I was looking at it earlier. I forget. Um... So wiki uh steve hayes steve hayes and um ted peterson i should ask them what was in the present that bruce wayne got for jordan <laughs> mill that's what i want to know what was in that present that's exactly what i want to know what was in that present but you know bruce wayne was there and um also throughout the the entirety of this party um while mayor hill is pushing his son away takes a likening to Jekko the Clown because Jekko knows how to do magic tricks. Go figure, mm-hmm. right? So Jekko decides to uh, give the the cake a big special candle that people mistake as a sparkling candle. Yeah, nobody seems to notice that on top of the candle there's a giant Joker head. <laughs> Which you, you would think would be a dead giveaway. Yeah, because, I mean... He's pretty well established at this point. The people of Gotham know who the Joker is. <laughs> I mean, unless they just kind of recognize the Joker's face as a universal clown symbol, I guess. But I don't. I don't know. Either way, Bruce Wayne sees this cake, right? And he does his due diligence as you know, Gotham's protector. But then, before this, 
he sees Chucka run, Jekka run off, and he hears Jekka laugh, and he even says, he's like, that laugh. Yeah, yeah he recognizes the laugh. Mm-hmm. And he pushes the cake into the into the pool, and sure enough, the cake explodes, right? And that's when the police get involved, and you see uh, Bullock there standing next to Bruce Wayne, and Hamilton Hills, like, you know, I, I don't know who could have done this, da, 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 and they figure out it's the Joker, right? Mm-hmm. But then the even bigger revelation comes. Where's Jordan? Which, quick thing, too, with that exploding cake. Just think about that. Joker, to prove a point, was going to blow up a kid's birthday party. (laughs) I mean, granted, yes, there were a lot of Aristocats and stuff there. Joker was ready to blow up a kid's birthday party just because a guy, the mayor, said some mean things about him on the TV. He was willing to murder dozens of people and possibly children just to prove his point. It sounds to me like the Joker's kind of soft. A little, little bit. A <laughs> little bit. He's a little soft. Soft in the sense of emotionally speaking, not... Yeah. Yeah. Like, <laughs> bottom line, he's crazy. <laughs> he's just insane. So much so that he spends his time in an amusement park, which feels in character. Um, a lot of people tend to think that this is Amusement Mile. I like to think so myself, so I'm just going to go ahead and call it here Amusement Mile for the remainder of the episode because that's where the remainder of the episode takes place. <laughs> um, as the Joker is going back to the Amusement Mile, um, Jordan Hill has hidden away in the Checo the Clown car. Yeah. And then the Joker, to Craig's point, decides to take this insanity one step even further and throws child endangerment into the cause, right? Yep. And it's like, I'm going to use this kid to lure Batman here. And it's like, oh, you are evil. You are superbly evil. And he does so while wearing the Chucko getup throughout the majority of it, too. Yeah, he doesn't take off the Chucko costume. Or the mask. He doesn't take off the Chucko the mask. mask. Yeah. Until the very end, but... <laughs> I did find it super funny that that his big grand scheme was I'm gonna put Batman in a in a giant tank that fills up with water and it's mm-hmm. like, you know he's got spikes on his gauntlet right? <laughs> you put him in a straight jacket. You didn't think he was gonna get out of it. Like come on, what are you doing? And he just and he wants Jordan to watch as Batman basically drowns to right. death. Right. And even this is kind of a whole learning experience, too, because Jordan's kind of under the assumption that Batman's not a good person, the Joker's not a good person. Yeah. He's also kind of the assumption that just adults suck, which, mm-hmm. can't blame the kid. If you had a dad say, put your magic nonsense away, too, I'd probably think adults would suck all the time, too. But, to Batman's credit, gets out of the tank, and um, they wind up on this roller coaster, and the Joker is shoving, like, you know, doy tall toy doll bombs at Batman thinks he gets him and then here's where things get interesting Batman and Joker fight on one of the roller coasters and then Batman kicks the Joker off yeah seemingly like to his death to his death (laughs) and it's like Batman did that Mm mm-hmm Batman absolutely did that he didn't even try to save him no didn't didn't try to shoot the grappling hook to catch his leg or anything like that Nah, he kicks him, Joker goes falling, Batman's like, alright, I got other stuff to do. I got a kid to save. Yep, <laughs> saves the kid, brings him home to Mayor Hill, 
and Mayor Hill and his, his friend hug. And then, of course, the meme comes out, and Batman gives the thumbs up, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's where that's from. <laughs> then episode ends, and you're just like, wait, is the Joker dead? What did Bruce Wayne get Jordan? Are we ever going to find out? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. And, I mean, yeah, the mayor was happy to see his son back, but did their relationship change at all? Or did he immediately go back to, now you're especially not getting into magic after this? I don't think you're going to find out. Because I don't think it's ever picked up again. Nope. Honestly. But He doesn't, he doesn't, Bruce Wayne does not return for the next birthday. No. No, he does not. At least that's what we're led to assume. But that that is uh that is be a clown on the on the HBO Max listing. For the record, folks, that's where we're watching it. We are watching it on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. And um, Craig already beat me to it. But the next episode is Appointment in Crime Alley. Um, I want to say I might remember this one, but I think I I I don't know. I'm gonna have to watch it again before we can talk about it again. I'm sure that'll be on our next episode. It might be tied with the Batman. We'll see. Um, the next episode might just be a straight up review of the Batman. So yeah, I have a feeling that the the Batman review is going to take up a pretty good chunk of the next episode. Yeah. Yeah. So we might not get a point, get to the appointment of crime alley on, on the next episode, but maybe we'll just double down with two episodes after that. Um, I'm not really sure, but as far as be a clown is concerned, I'm going to go ahead and give it 4.5 out of five bat wings. Um, giving it 4.5 out of five. Cause I still don't know what's in that present. Yep. I, I agree. It's a 4.5. It it's fun. It's got some good humor. It's got some really good action. That that whole roller coaster fight scene is fantastic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And even the, there's just some really great laughs there from from the Joker. Just some really mm-hmm. witty lines. Some really good delivery there from from you know on both sides. Like even in the beginning of the episode, Batman's like, "Garbage day doesn't come till Monday, but today <laughs> I'm making an exception." And it's yeah. like, yeah, that's Batman. Conroy Conroy delivers those lines so wonderfully. Yeah. Yeah, his 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 little punches and dabs at at the at the criminally and cowardly lot always work for me. You slime, <laughs> you lying sleaze. <laughs> <laughs> or even like you know, I think every episode the Joker's in. There's probably an iconic cackle, but he, this one definitely had it. Where yeah. you go, where he he kind of like leans into it and then kind of gives the big boisterous one. Man, I never get tired of that specific laugh for the Joker. Mm-hmm. That one's always a pleasant one. Hamill's laugh, you can't touch it. I mean, there have been some decent ones over the years, but man, Hamill's is just, you can't top it. I think the most creepiest I've ever heard it was probably in Christmas with the Joker, where it's right before he plays the Nutcracker theme. Yeah. Where he goes, Yeah. (laughs) And it's like, whoa! I still think for me the most iconic one the one that just i think of anytime somebody says mark hamill's joker i always think of the batman beyond movie uh, scene yeah, 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 oh what the heck i'll laugh anyway mm-hmm, any mm-hmm. that laugh that he does is so good after everything you put batman through in that movie yeah yep. it's, it's pretty wicked yeah and that's also the 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 combination of when they did the the joke they tra- they brought back the traditional face for the Joker because in in the fourth season or you know the new Batman and Robin adventures they completely redesigned every character the Joker had black beady eyes yeah, and not black white beady red. eyes yeah so that movie was when they kind of brought it back and then utilized that going forward with Justice League and Justice League Unlimited 
Well, and they even, they trick, they tease you. Because remember, it, when they reveal him in the Batman Beyond movie, he's right. in the shadows. Right, and right. When he first yeah. starts leaning his face forward, you get the black beady eyes, and you're like, oh, are they going? And then he comes into the in light, the focus, and yeah. it's the original face. And I'm like, oh, that was, you know they did that on purpose. Yeah, it was It was a touch-up on what they had initially done, and it was really well done, all things considered. But yeah. I think at some point we'll have to talk about that movie, too. Ah, I love it. Yeah. But that, I believe, is where we will put a pin in it for this episode of The Eternal Night, ranking the live-action Batman. Uh, More than likely, our next episode will be a big, fat, beautiful review of The Batman. Oh, boy. I'm excited. We're only a few days away. This is insane. I'm I'm getting getting chills, man. I think about things in that movie, and I'm just like, give it to me now. And like I told you in the last, I literally, I got one of the last seats for my showing because when you had told me, oh, hey, I got my ticket. I'm like, all right, well, I'm jumping on Fandango right now. It was and I'm sitting there. Yeah. I'm sitting there refreshing and it's like, hey, these tickets will come soon. Just visit us here soon. And I'm like, no, they all got this ticket. They should be available. And I'm just sitting there. Refresh, refresh, refresh. So I gave up. For like an hour because i'm like maybe it's a time zone thing i don't know came back an hour later clicked on it. it's like there are seats available and i'm looking at it, i was like holy crap there's only like three seats left yeah i lucked out i um i probably shouldn't have been on my phone when i was because i was at work but i <laughs> nah. was like yeah i'm gonna get two tickets to this movie because i need to see it on march 1st yeah and that's exactly what i did so I'm seeing the Batman on March 1st, and so is Craig. And we're going to come back here and talk about it, I'm sure. And that will most likely be the next episode of The Eternal Night, our review of the Batman. Um, that said, Craig, my guy, my friend, my pal, my Alfred, where can people find you on the interwebs if they wish to follow you along? Uh, you can find me on Instagram at Omega, C-R-A-I-G-G-Y-O-M-E-G-A. That is also my uh, tag for pretty much anything gaming-related. Steam, PlayStation Network, Xbox. It's Craigie Omega on pretty much everything. And since I'm a douche lord, I don't even know if I can say that on <laughs> on the radio, uh, my tag is uh, unfiltered, uh, U-N-P-H-I-L-T-E-R-E-D-D-D, three Ds, not five. <laughs> um you can also catch this show on any podcast catcher. We're on iTunes. You can leave us and leave us a review on iTunes. You can also leave us an email, just um, eternalnightpod at gmail.com. Feel free to leave us a review. Feel free to write in your guys' ranking of the live-action Batman. We'd love to hear from you guys. Please, yeah. by all means. Um, you can also catch me on the 4Nerds Network, uh, usually on the ACS stream every Friday night, whenever Anthony has his streams. You can also catch me uh, typically on the 4Nerds show every Thursday, which... We're recording on a Wednesday. Maybe tomorrow. I don't know. I might I might be there tomorrow. I might not be there tomorrow. I might be working out. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> um, but that is where we are going to pull a tarp over this Batmobile for this episode. As you all know, stay safe. Take it easy. Have a great New Year night. And remember, the Batman is on his way. So close. The Riddler is asking for you. The killer left this for the Batman. Why is he writing to you? You came. I've been trying to reach you. Riddler's latest. It's all about the Waynes. If we don't stand up, no one will. 
You got a lot of cats. I have a thing about strays. The bat and the cat. It's got a nice ring. You a new friend of yours? I'm not so sure. I'm just here to unmask the truth about this cesspool we call a city. You're part of this too. How am I a part of this? Oh, you're really not as smart as I thought you were. Bruce Wayne. All these years, you lied to me, Alfred. We all have our scars, Bruce. He's still away. He's involved in this? No, he's not involved. How do you know? Except for Delaney. Who are you under there? What are you hiding? Selena, don't throw your life away. Don't worry, honey. I got nine of them. It can be cruel, poetic, or blind. But when it's denied, it's your violence you may find. Justice. The answer's justice. Come on, vengeance. Let's get into some trouble. <laughs> that that suit is so bad. So terrible. Okay? And it, again, you know, we're talking about Gotham. Like, that suit was just awful in almost every single sense of the word. Like, <laughs> look, you look at all the other villains they did on that show, right? Like, you look at Penguin, you look at Riddler, you look at Mr. Freeze. Hell, you even look at what they, the, the numerous things they did with the Joker and and. Cameron Monaghan and like turning him into a twin and going through all that right and it's like okay yeah. you guys put legitimate effort there even in a Catwoman like there was a little bit there going on with Selena Kyle and how she eventually evolved into you know the character that we all kind of know through that you know Ka Cameron Beacon Beacon Dova I think the actress's name was mm -hmm. I it, it, still to this day I think the most just downright insulting thing they did was have her in the entire series except the final episode <laughs> yeah that is like the biggest a, such a big middle finger dude such a <laughs> slap in the face and it's like you guys had the audacity to cgi the kid's face underneath the the young actor playing bruce but you couldn't even like, I, I, that show to me is hands down like the bottom of the bar for batman content like Absolutely. even like even further below than titans okay and i can't stand titans i truly cannot stand that show season two was probably the height of how good it was gonna get but that bar ain't high like i would definitely agree that it's below even titans and i could not stand titans yeah like i was saying season two is is probably as good as that show was gonna get because holy damn season three is like down there in terms of quality with the entirety of Gotham. Everything they did with the Scarecrow in that show was just an absolute eyesore slap in the face. Because <laughs> you're going to have dude throughout the entirety of the freaking season not once at all put on the freaking Scarecrow mask. Mm -hmm. Like, what? The actual... I, I was beside myself. I was just absolutely beside myself that they had the entire t 
Titans cast and crew and you know these very I would say B plus level costumes. They're they're good. They're not great, but you have all of them in costumes. But you're just gonna try and turn Scarecrow into some fucking C list Hannibal Lecter knockoff? Like <laughs> what the? F- oh, and he's got mommy issues. Awesome, even better. Uh, oh, they got him. They got to make him human. Oh, now he now he's carving up his face. What the f- is he? Victor Va- Victor fucking Zaz? What? <laughs> like what the f- did they? What? Anyway, going back to Gotham and that f- terrible terrible costume like that that costume was just everything solidified and if you thought this show couldn't get any worse that last shot just solidified how bad that show was because mm-hmm. that final shot of creeping up on batman and it's like you know it's coming up off of like you know gordon and um donald low as as bullock right like they're looking up at, at, a, at a skyscraper and they actually see him and they're just like, oh shit i wonder who that is and it's like fuck are we doing and not even that's that's not even like getting into the whole oh the first time he meets the joker he's just gonna kill him in the face with a batarang it's like (laughs) (laughs) if you're a batman fan and you like that show awesome that's all i got that's all i gotta say i like that like that guy that i told that i showed you that screenshot of apparently gotham was the best the best thing dc has ever brought to television or movies what the f- <laughs> You know, they had us pretty good with that Balloon Man episode, but then after that, everything just went straight to shit. <laughs> yeah, and you know what's even funnier is like those 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 two showrunners are now doing the the Alfred show, the Pennyworth show, Ugh. and I'm just like, I don't f-ing care. I yeah. really don't. It's kind of how I felt with the um, what was that show that didn't only last like two or three uh, Krypton. Oh, God. Like, I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Okay. At least Krypton made an effort to actually honor some of the mythology and have the villains be who they were. And actually, the science behind a few of them made some sense. Like, Brainiac was actually from the future, and his whole plan was to go back in time and try and, like, you know... It was essentially, like, you know, the whole whole spiel that, that, uh... Um, War Machine gives at um, an Avengers Endgame. Well, why don't we just go back in time and kill Thanos, like baby Thanos? That's exactly what Brainiac wanted to do. He <laughs> went back in time and was like, I'm going to kill Superman before Superman even f***ing exists. And it's like, okay, that, that that's acceptable. I like that. So there was some there was some effort there. At least tried. Yeah. <laughs> Doomsday looked f***ing great. I do remember seeing the screenshots of Doomsday. He did look good. Doomsday was actually done really well. I I will give them credit where credit is due. Doomsday was probably the highlight of that show. They had Adam Strange there too. The kid playing um his grandfather. I really wish they would have given his grandfather a different name. His, his name's kind of goofy. What was his name? Seg L. Oh jeez. S E G hyphen. Yeah, and it's like yeah the f*** does... What? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is Jor-El's father? Okay, I guess. Kid can act, don't get me wrong. Cameron Cup's a pretty solid actor, but... That name was just weird. Which is funny, because it's 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 ironic that those 
tiny little details can really like make or break certain things for certain people. And for me, that was just the one thing where I was just like, yeah, I wish you had a different name. Other than that, everything's all right. <laughs> God, I'm looking at that picture again of the goddamn suit. Why it you... literally, it looks like they, like the bat symbol on the suit. It literally looks like they just, they cut out the bat symbol and they like glued it to the chest. Yeah. It's yeah. so awkward looking how it's like it's over the cape. Like where his cape goes towards his rib cage, the logo is over the cape. It just looks so weird. You know what it looks like? You know what it really looks like? It, mm. looks, it looks cheap. It does. Extremely cheap. It looks like they just did not give a flying f about his costume because they were only going to use it the one time. And it's like, you know, at that point, why don't you just go dig out one of the old suits or something? Yeah. Or like, I don't know. I, I have no f***ing clue. But what they decided to do there was just a big fat no for me. I'm roll sorry. Out, roll out the bat nipples if you want to. Just do something. The I'm looking <laughs> I'm looking at this picture of, uh, it looks like it's from a props website, and they're yeah. showing like a more close-up look. The gloves literally just look like biker gloves that you can buy at Walmart for Why? eight bucks. Why the f*** is the cape in three different kind of sections? Yeah, see what I mean? Like, it's really f***ing weird. Why? Why is it all different? Co you know what? It's like leather on the top, then it has this like cutoff point, and then it's fabric. Okay, look at the center triangle piece underneath the chest piece. The yeah. two the two line the pieces little, don't like, even they're not even the two the two Play-Doh pieces that they like stuck there for some reason. They're not even equal. They're not even like <laughs> You know how you get um Play-Doh and you roll it up into like a snake? That's yeah. literally it looks like they took two pieces of Play-Doh, they rolled it up and they just slapped it on there. I don't even like that emblem. That emblem looks no. off, too. Well, look, the emblem doesn't match. The emblem on the belt does not match the design of the emblem on his chest. Oh, they're my two, God, you're they're, right. They're two different <laughs> logos. <laughs> what the f***? Hey, look at that cow. It's got a bottom chin strap. Yeah. Like, what the f***? Oh, my Ooh. God. I can't believe I didn't see that before. The logos don't f***ing match. I'm just gonna. I don't oh know. Oh my god! I don't. I don't. I look at the suit. And I almost want to cry, but not in a shameful way, but in a Ew. funny way. Oh, and the mask, the cowl looks like they put it together in like two minutes. It literally looks like the cowl looks like something you buy at the dollar store. Dude, the whole suit looks like it was bought at the dollar store. <laughs> oh no! My you god. know what? The suit looks like. A mom making her five-year-old kid a Halloween costume. That's yeah. what it looks like. Yeah. It looks like that coupled together with stuff she bought at like yeah. a, a, a Spirit of Halloween. Right? It's like the kid went to the mom and said, Mom, I want to be Batman for Halloween. Can we buy this like really cool costume I found online? Oh, uh, no, I could I could do it at home. Yeah. I can't get over the fact that the, the cape is fabric after that cutoff point. Yeah, I'm Batman not... has a, a fabric cape for the first time ever. And I've seen people try and say that, that Pattinson's suit is like 
almost like that, and I'm like, no. Oh, that, no. His no. suit is a million times better. His suit looks actually like it was put together and it makes sense. Yeah. By a grown-ass man, nonetheless. Not a mom making her kid a Halloween costume. Jeez, I'm tear him right now. The Batman 2022 suit. That is a million times better than what we were just looking at. Yeah, dude, like... <laughs> I mean, does it look like a little bit thrown together? Yes, because he's only in his second year as Batman, so it makes sense that it's going to look like not... You know, it's not going to look complete yet. There's still, you know, some nicks in it. There's, you know, there's damage to the emblem, which, you know, it doesn't look perfect. But his, he's his only his... Up too. Yeah. Like they're, he's they're, they're only in his second cowl. year. So it's like he's been put through the ringer, probably. He has limited resources to work with, at least at the beginning, I'm assuming. Yeah, and he's totally just doing everything by himself. Yeah. You know, like, I'm cool with it. Like, I've got no qualms whatsoever with this suit. At first, I was like, well, it's, it's a little real, but yeah, over time, it, it grew on me. The only thing that was a little odd to me at first when I first saw the images and, like, the first trailer was see how, like, I'm looking at it here. So, like, the right along the neckline, how he has that, like, almost, like, collar on the cowl yeah. on the cape that comes up. I was a little, like, oh, that's a little, it's a little different having this, like, neckline going, but it works for it. Makes it easier for him to move, so, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I don't hate it. I don't think it's bad. I think it's going to evolve over time. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah, that's a, that's exactly what I think, too. I think, I think this suit, by the end of the movie, this suit is going to be beyond all repair. Oh, for sure. Just given everything that he's going to go through. Like that clip in the trailer where he's standing there and looking up, and he's just, you can tell he's just covered in debris and everything. Yeah. Like that suit is not going to make it through the end of this movie. Probably not. And then probably, I bet one of the final shots we're going to get is whatever his like new suit is going to be. Honestly, I would not at all be surprised if the last shot of this movie was him standing above a gargoyle with the signal being yep. lit, and it's him in his new suit, and they home watch that Jim Lee cover of That's Hunt exactly what I'm thinking. I think that's exactly how it's going to end. But I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I know We're going to see him in the new suit right at the end. If, if provided a new suit's even in the movie, but yeah, you're right. We'll see. I, I mean, I, I don't know. I think there's a lot of credence to what you're saying, too. I mean, obviously the suit's going to get thrashed to shit at some point. Yeah. So maybe he will get a new suit, which I'm, I think a lot of people have theorized and even hinted at. So we'll see. It would not at all surprise me. I mean, Bale got an upgrade. Batfleck mm -hmm. got couple different suits out of it so yeah 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 all right uh i love i love affleck's suit towards the end of justice league yeah me too thank you for listening to the eternal night this podcast is not affiliated with warner media or dc entertainment all thoughts shared belong to those involved and not the companies they happen to work for or be talking about drop us an email at eternal night pod at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at T-E-K underscore podcast. Thank you.